Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Uh, welcome back to Renegade Rules. Heather, I was having a bad day and I wasn't listening and Tasha made me take my uh, my clothespin and, and take it from, from green and then... And then I got put on yellow, and, and a little bit later in the day, I was supposed to pick up some dirty laundry I left on the bedroom floor, and and I'm I'm on red now, Heather. Oh dear, yeah, it's probably only eight a.m. too. Yeah, it's uh, we Tasha, she put up this uh, this husband behavior chart in uh, on the refrigerator a couple of weeks ago, and I'm I'm not really digging it. Well, I'm really glad that we don't have them as adults because I think we'd all live on red all the time. Uh, so what's the deal with behavior charts? Well, it's kind of like the calendars and the weather charts and all these things that are just almost considered sacred in early childhood classrooms and really, in my view, are an example of things that don't belong there. Uh, that's a bold statement. Oh well, I'm a renegade. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I completely agree. I've I've observed in so many classrooms where that behavior chart, and there's so many ways to 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 do it. But are you on red? Are you on green? Are you on yellow? And then sometimes they 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 work five or six colors in there. So there's all these variations. And, yeah, there's rainbow ones and everything. Well, uh, Lisa and I in the Childcare Bar and Grill podcast, we talked about one not too long ago that was a, a superhero to loser one. Oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, and so how did we get to where we are? Why do these things exist? And how do we, how do we choose to do something better? Well, I, I think as far as how they exist, it must be just another um, well-meaning adult um, attempt at trying to control children without actually teaching them how to control themselves. Mm. And this is the key with a lot of behavior is that there's things we don't like that we want to have stopped. But instead of saying, um, you know, you're poking Billy, and when you poke Billy, we can't um, listen to the story, you know, that's sort of just talking about what it is and what the problem is. And if you need to poke something, here, poke this ball and stand over here so it doesn't disturb anybody. Mm -hmm. If you can't just get to the specific issue and try to correct that, the poking will continue day after day because sometimes kids need to poke. Um, but so we do need to control and stop and set limits. Those are all fine things to do. But when we're when we turn behavior into colors and publicly shame kids by moving them down a peg, and it, there's so much that gets lost. And one thing that gets lost is the opportunity to teach kids how to actually behave rather than just know I'm in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't really teach them anything. They just know. I'm in trouble. They may not even know exactly what they did. They may just know they've moved down a color. 
Um, so one thing I don't like about behavior charts is that they're vague and that the kid, the message the kid mostly gets is I'm in trouble and they don't necessarily know what they did to make the adult mad. And so they can't stop it next time. And they also don't have tools to sort out any conflicts might be there. That's one of many things I find peculiar about yeah, a kindergarten class we volunteered in. There's a, a girl I've I closed my eyes and I see her. She's she's amazing, just full of energy and and incredible questions about everything. And she was always on red uh, because she had incredible energy and amazing questions about everything. And that didn't fit with the we got to stay on task and keep this curriculum pumping forward. Um, environment of that classroom and and so this this uh, amazing little girl at the age of six and a half got in her mind that she was the bad kid because from the first right. week of kindergarten that's the message that was being sent to her with uh with the behavior chart sitting there in in, in full view of everybody yeah. and 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 that that story of that little girl can be repeated for so many kids oh yeah because what happens that the kinds of behavior that get rewarded with these charts and the kinds that get turned red, um, it's the same kids day after day. It's either the kids like that girl who have questions and curiosity and are always interrupting and talking, or it's the kids who can't keep their bodies still, Or, but it's the same kids every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not working for the teacher and it's not working for the kid, but the kid who gets repeatedly put on red and told that's the bad color internalizes, I'm a bad kid, the teacher doesn't like me, school isn't for me and they're starting to think this when they have at least 12 more years of school ahead of them and so that's a really mm, bad mindset to start yeah. with as you're starting out in your school career well and i, I think it's, it's the same on the other end of the uh the colors because those green kids get the message that hey i can i can slide through here if i keep my mouth shut and don't ask too many questions and and uh, keep my butt in this chair, and and that doesn't really encourage them to be creative or inquisitive, and and it becomes that that toe the line mentality where we're we're maybe creating obedience, 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 <laughs> obedience instead of uh, innovation and creativity and and actual uh, independent thought. Which I mean, I mean, somebody could could maybe think that that may be what the school system wants to create. Um, I mean, I wouldn't dare Heavens, say such a no. thing, but um, I mean, again, those no, and mo and teachers wouldn't want to be, you know, most of them are, are get into education for all the right reasons and would not want that as a goal, but it somehow slips in. If, if you've been using this kind of yeah. style and, and tool for a while, it ends up getting that way. And so sometimes we need to rethink and say, now, why am I doing it this way? And what's the purpose? And is there a better way to do it? Um, I was thinking about your example at the beginning about, you know, the, the bad husband behavior <laughs> chart. Um, well, if we as adults had them. Oh, yeah, imagine. Them, we'd be terrible. And, and it's not because we're bad people. It's because we're human people. And so are the little, little kids. They are human people. So let's say that you did all those bad things. And then as a result of it, you can't have your coffee break or uh -huh. you don't get to go um, vent with a friend or, you know, take a dog for a walk or whatever it is, or shoot baskets, whatever it is that we do as adults to get that ugh off our chest. But that's being taken away. That's like saying you're in red, so you don't get recess. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly maybe what we need yeah. is that coffee break or that chance to chat with our friend and get it off our chest. And then we can recalibrate, come back in and try to get back to green again. Oh, I've never had a real job before, but I just imagine that that chart is in like the, uh, the, the break room and everybody's in their cubicle and, and you walk into the break room and you see that, uh, that Charlie didn't, didn't get his quarterly, quarterly report in on time. And so he's on red. And if he gets on red one more day, he can't come to the, the company Christmas party or something. It would be, it'd be a horrible thing. And, and, and we as adults wouldn't tolerate it. And because kids are kids and there's that, that power dynamic, they have no choice but to tolerate it unless they decide not to participate and then they're always on red. And I've seen, I've seen plenty of kids that, that just, you know, after week one said, okay, I, I give up. I, I see how this works, but I'm not going to play. And then they just, they just go on being themselves, acknowledging that red is going to be where they're going to spend all their time. Yeah. Right. And so much of it, too, is is what the adult expectations are. So if you have a, a different style of instruction, maybe one that involves less sitting still and more engaged learning and more of a chance for people to talk and use their hands, then there's going to be less of that behavior that's considered not on task because the task is engaging. Mm -hmm. And if things are engaging... Um, and meet the kids' needs most of the time, they will most of the time be right with you and they'll even be leading you into new directions. But if it becomes too much of a thou shalt sit still and thou shalt not move and, um, and lots of waiting and boredom, I've, I've observed some classes, and I'm a pretty patient person, mm -hmm. but I've observed some classes where I'm a guest, you know, doing research for a book or something, and I am bored to tears because the amount of sitting and waiting, and it's hard for me to stop uh -huh. from tapping my toe or yeah. getting up to stretch. And these kids are five years old, and they're being um, expected to sit and wait and be patient far longer than I can cope with. Yeah, you find yourself <laughs> making eye, day for them. you find yourself making eye contact with the kids that you also notice are on red and and <laughs> feel their pain with them. Well, I try not to because <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. want to get them in trouble anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think it's very hard for adults to realize that maybe there's another way of doing things um, that could speed up the process of the group all sitting still. Uh -huh. Maybe there's another way of either getting the lesson across or getting the organizational information that they're trying to convey across because the more kids are engaged, the less they're going to quote misbehave. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if we're having a problem keeping the, the, the class interested or, or on task or something, we need to, we either need to be more interesting or pick a better task and, 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 and they'll, they'll follow along if it's something that they, they actually care about. Uh, and, and so, so much of this goes back to, back to the curriculum. If, if we had actual child-centered, child-focused, child-led curriculum in our, in our settings, the, the behavior charts wouldn't, I mean, no behavior um, management system would be necessary because everybody would be on task doing something that they cared about. Uh, yeah, and there'd still be need for limits and, well, and well, setting yeah. limits. But I mean, but that's totally different. Yeah, in 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 so many of those settings, like I, I mean, I I I really this really sticks out to me, like when I'm visiting a forest school or something, um, when when kids have a chance at power and control. They 
they often become self-limiting and you get to the point where they're even the boss of that bit of it and it's just an environment that 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 flows with most kids most of the time mm-hmm. yeah yeah most of the time i mean most most of the time is, is as good as we can get yeah exactly um, you know i think in some ways um you and i have sort of a shared view about behavior charts and their usefulness but I recently did a, um, a blog post on this topic on my um, uh, heathershoemaker.com has a blog attached to it. Mm-hmm. And the behavior charts post has gotten a lot of interest. And when it floats out there to people who may not, who have kids or their teachers, but they may not have been exposed to renegade ideas, it really gets some backlash. And what one of the backlash comments that I hear is, you're insulting all teachers Ugh. because this is something that is standard and that teachers are taught to use. And how can so many professionals be wrong? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and it, you know, it, it, it makes people wonder, well, how can this be so? And why would they teach something that isn't right and isn't good? Um, so it, it's, it's a big question. And people are, are taught to, um, respect authority to the point of believing that all authority figures know the best uh-huh. or that something that's been done a lot is right. Um, it, it's, it's human nature. We just well, sort of yeah, think, oh, that must be the way things are. There's a lot of cognitive biases at, at, at play with, with that kind of thinking that, you know, the, the, the whole idea that it's, it's been going on a long time, so it must be right. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, if, or teachers that say it works in my classroom or parents who say, my child loves it. He loves being good all day. <laughs> <laughs> or of being course. acknowledged that he's good. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got to we got to throw the rats their little pellets. Uh oh, e. Um um so why So what do you say when people come up with these um for, for example, I adore teachers. Some of my heroes are teachers and um, I think we all, in our own way, teach each other. So I, I'm a big fan of teachers. Uh-huh. But I do, I do love it when um, the best of the teacher comes out, and that's usually in their personality. The personality of the teacher is so important to the kids in their care. And these charts and things are just little devices, and sometimes it's okay to let go of a device and try another method. And again, that gets to something we talked about in the last episode. It gets to it, it 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 gets into this place of fear, because if you grew up all, all through your 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 schooling, there's that behavior chart, and then you go to go to teacher school, and they kind of talk about that behavior chart, and you get into your first classroom, and all the other classes have a behavior chart to step outside that cultural norm. And decide you're not going to have a behavior chart is, I mean, that's a scary thing, uh, especially for a, a younger, more inexperienced teacher to do, I, I would think. Um, so, I mean, a big part of it becomes being willing to, to do that scary thing and, and kind of swim against the current a little bit. Yeah, it is a scary thing. And it's something that, um, that adults have established, but it's not, you know, if, if you've looked at um, studies about reward systems, 
Mm-hmm. Um, some of Alfie Cohn's work too is is great on that. He has a book, Punished by Rewards. These types of behavior charts and so on um, often can get instantaneous compliance, mm-hmm. but they don't solve a long-term behavior issue like the next day or the next year or the next five minutes because it only gets that temporary obedience. It doesn't really change the behavior because to change behavior is a deeper process and it it, it involves human-to-human contact and guidance. And a lot of it has to do with um, teaching the child some skills, maybe conflict mediation skills, emotional control skills, social skills. And it also has to do with adult expectations, which might mean changing how the day is laid out and giving the kids more breaks so that they can mm-hmm. um, get that release that they need and then be ready to focus again. Yeah. Uh, Cohen's book is, is, is incredible. And, and uh, he, he does in there a pretty good job taking apart BF Skinner. And I mean, one of the reasons we've still got got behavior charts in classrooms is because there are teachers that will still be being trained that behaviorism is, is a, a, a thing that should be part of our classrooms. And, and, and it's really not, we found out that, that we humans are a little bit more complex than, uh, than lab rats. And we act with, uh, with, uh, for different reasons and we're influenced by different things. And so, so those charts are, I mean, those charts are designed for, for training, training rats or training monkeys, and uh, it's whoa! It, well, no, they're not. I haven't actually seen them used in the animal kingdom. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all the the you do the thing and then you get the reward. It's all that I, that mindset. I'm just joking, and but I'm just trying to picture the the rats learning their colors. Oh, I, I'm actually leaving using one with my dog right now. Uh, I'm trying to get her to to stop uh, killing and eating skunks. And uh, it, I mean, if she if she brings me a skunk, she's on red. That's just the way it has to be. Um, that's not working either. So maybe we should. Th- we get too many charts in my house. I got get rid of them. Um, so what's the first step for a parent who has their child coming home because they're on red or yellow every day, and they, as a concerned parent, want to do something to influence the culture of that classroom? That's a very tricky question um, because a classroom culture uh, can be incredibly hard to change in any way um, unless the teacher is quite open-minded and has support behind them. Um, so if, if you have an open-minded um, teacher who's, who keeps up in the field and keeps reading things and, 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 is, and is a good listener and all those things, maybe having a simple conversation can open some eyes there. But chances are that's going to be pretty tricky. And yeah. that, it, uh, you know, from a parent point of view, you might do well to um, uh, observe the classroom and request a teacher that doesn't have a prominent behavior chart uh-huh. on the wall. And, and, um, or look at a different school. There, it's hard to change a whole culture yeah. overnight. And, and and you will know how locked into that behavior chart that teacher is when you broach the broach the subject. When you broach the subject, I yes. mean you'll you'll when when you see their jaw tighten and and their eyes narrow a little bit, you know you you know you're not going to have a whole lot of influence there. And and then the choices are to right. to put your child someplace else or or find yourself as a parent on red through the whole school year with that teacher. <laughs> right. 
And, you know, there's a variety of, there's a lot of teachers we encounter, even if you have one child that you're guiding through school the whole way versus having a big family you're putting through school, you're going to encounter a lot of different styles, classroom cultures and teachers through your time. And some of them, I mean, I've had ones that come up to me and say, hey, I've been reading about how homework is not that effective over the summer during my summer vacation. That's what I was reading. And there's some teachers that will be doing that and Mm -hmm. always learning and listening and trying to incorporate new ideas. And there's others that are very comfortable the way things are, and they're going to stonewall about any change. And that's a normal human behavior also. Yeah. So it can be, it can be a little tricky The the parent has to navigate, go ahead, have the conversation, see what happens. Maybe it's something that the teacher is not that beholden to, but, um, Often, once they've got something that they want to stick with, it's hard to budget. Excellent. Anything else we should toss in on this one before we wrap it up? Well, I'm just trying to see, you know, how with with some of the, the teachers who do use behavior charts, it would be interesting to see how well they do with a week with a behavior chart themselves and how well they feel that that actually changes their behavior. Uh-huh. Just because I think that Unless you really are shown how it feels inside, you're not going to understand the kind of shaming and embarrassment and internal feelings, and then it doesn't actually solve any problems. It doesn't solve the issue underneath until you experience it in some way. Yeah. So um, I think we, I think on this point, we might need to educate the, the teacher folks a little bit more and have people remember their childhoods and how it feels to have something like this happen to you. Yeah. Because even the kids who look like they don't care, on some level, we all care how we are perceived. Yeah. And we don't want to be on red. Yeah, that little girl I was talking about earlier, she, I mean, she put on this whole thing about I'm the bad kid and, and, and was living that. But deep down that, I mean, after, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking at recess and stuff and, and it, it hurt her. And, Sadly, she went into first grade and second grade and third grade, and she was probably still that kid because I don't think they've broke her spirit, and that's going to be something she's going to carry with her for a long time. Yeah. No, I'm sad. Um, hey, if they want to check out that uh, that blog post, they head to heathershoemaker.com and click the blog link, and they'll find it. Yep. Excellent. Sounds good. Excellent. Anything else you want to plug? Um, well, the only thing I think would be great if you're enjoying this podcast and you've read the books, um, go to Goodreads or Amazon and add an online review. The It's okay to go up the slide would love 50 more reviews. It's sort of <laughs> languishing because Cher has all the reviews. So give go up the slide a little thumbs up of some sort on Goodreads or Amazon, that would make me super happy. Yeah, that's a, that, those, those, those things, those things matter when, uh, when, when you're, when you're selling books. So check that out, people. Hey, we appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.